Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Today, we are talking about gardening. We want a shrubbery! Do you garden, Edwin? I do. This is so exciting. So I've gardened with, in the past, as a wee child. Aye, that, yes. That wasn't I my... remember it well. Yeah. You were there. Was I now? Yeah. So the thing is, of course, when you're gardening as a kid, it's not your idea. It's, it's either your mom's or your dad's idea to garden. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of there along for the ride. But have it be relatively recently becoming a, a homeowner or a mortgage payer, more, <laughs> more accurate title. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a yard now and I've started a garden this year. And so today we're going to talk about the joys and luxuries and heartbreaks, and downfalls and expenditures of a garden. Is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery? Who sent you? The knights who say ni. Nee. No. Are you saying ni to that old woman? Um, yes. Oh, what sad times are these when passing ruffians can say ni at will to old ladies. Wow. That went from a high to a low. Uh, oh, yeah. But well, that's isn't that life? That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. I, mean, yeah. I think we're going to show gardening a metaphor for life. Yes, there is new life. Spring has sprung. Everything is green and verdant. And then everything dies. Man's yeah, got to do something for a living these days. Dying ain't much of a living, boy. Yeah, and I mean, even before it properly dies, bugs chomp on it. And it's struggling yeah. and limping along. And yeah. you just keep trying to say, please, bugs, don't eat it. It's alive. Don't feast somewhere else. And they're like, no, I should squash your dreams and kill your plant. Even if yeah. you spray me, I shall rise up. So, and, and watering is a chore too. I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit more. But mm-hmm. what I find with watering is I always water on the days that it's going to rain. <laughs> and I never water on the days it's super hot. Come home from work and everything's just just laying about like some kind of like, I don't know, renaissance woman on a couch, like just like kind of swooning, like, oh, <laughs> life is too miserable. You know, like a Renoir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where... No, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, I'm dipping my foot into the stream here. Yeah. Oh, it's chilly. <laughs> <laughs> you know which one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> um we didn't come up with a structure, so let's quick quick come up with a structure here. Okay, so I think what we should do is, is childhood memories of gardening. Yeah. Then uh, why we do or don't garden today. Mm-hmm. And like we as in like you and me or like royal we, collectively persons. So like we're going to talk about your experiences and we're going to talk about my experience. Okay, sounds sounds fabulous. Yes. All right, so Megan, what is, what is your first recollections of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it was a Grow- growing up as a little plant child. Yes. With your wee curls dripping down your neck. 
with your little green thumbs. Whoa, those, those were the leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were asking when I was a wee lass how I be doing growing things in the garden. You're offending so many people and annoying the rest of us. <laughs> so bad. You're welcome, everyone. No, um, my first memories as gardening, I remember um, getting to plan it out. So we had these these bricks. And every year we got to dig the bricks up and lay out a new path. And we're like, this is the best way to organize our garden. Absolutely. So, and I also remember one time we got to go to, I think it was Home Depot's, anyway, some sort of gardening section. And they had these little statues, garden, what do they call them? I don't know. Like little figurines, figurines, garden doohickeys. I remember that we got to pick out a little figurine and I chose uh, two bunny rabbits, but the, the bunny rabbits were stuck together. So it counted as one. But I, I thought it was very thrifty. I got two bunny rabbits for the price of one. <laughs> and you only got a measly turtle. Yes. <laughs> so. It was really, <laughs> the story of the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, it was. I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> right right away, I was the hare and you were the tortoise. Yeah, just plodding along. Um, But my favorite memory of gardening as a child is that I had a worm farm. And that consisted of a broken terracotta pot that I filled it wasn't with dirt. Even a real p- terracotta. It was wasn't. A, it was a plastic. Was it plastic? Ter- it was oh, plastic my childhood is ruined. No, but it was a broken plastic terracotta. Pot. How did they break? <laughs> it got old. <laughs> this, we the story is it. much more sad than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, it's very sad. Just wait. It gets gruesome. <laughs> okay, I forgot that part. Anyways, so I had a worm farm. So anytime I found a worm, I would put it in my pot of dirt. And then if a specific plant uh, won my fancy and I liked it and I deemed it worthy of a worm, I would go out and pick one of the worms out to give to the plant. So that was, I loved hanging out with my worms. I would check mm-hmm. on them all the time, see how they're doing. Sometimes they escaped and also my pot was empty and I didn't understand how that worked. Right. Because I was such a good farmer worm lady. Oh, yeah. And- we you had worm bracelets i remember this yes yeah yep. worm bracelets galore yeah and do you remember that there in the front of our house there was red dirt early on yep and then mm-hmm. what we would do is we would uh get water and turn the red dirt into red mud and then we would give our worms into a, a oh. special spa day in the red mud <laughs> and dipping them in the red mud I You're come right. to find out years later that worms actually don't like being dunked in mud because they can't breathe. Which is why they come to the surface when it rains. So we were torturing we our We were worms. torturing our poor worms. We really did love them. We just were trying to be kind. We you know, like didn't know any better. No. Who knew they didn't like the super expensive, you know, dirt facials, <laughs> mud mud facials. Mud mask, that's what they call them. Yeah. They were full body casts for those poor worms. <laughs> and beyond worms, I, I just think, I'm just thankful that mom always got us involved. I mean, sometimes it was kind of like, kids, do the work. Get to it. I'm tired. <laughs> but I don't even remember that part. No, you don't remember her saying, okay, you got you to gotta pick up all the sticks. I think that's always been my worst, my least favorite job of taking care of 
tending the land. Yeah. No, I uh, just so and being like told to dig holes and then being told to stop because the hole was too big and too deep. <laughs> yeah, really. You've always gotten really into digging yes. holes. I don't know. Is that kind of where you're headed? Yeah. <laughs> get it? No, I don't get it. <laughs> you're digging yourself into a hole. <laughs> and then where do where do dead people go? In holes? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? How did you get there? You're digging holes and you're digging it too deep and you just like to dig holes. Oh, so I'm going to run. That's where you're like, headed. Eventually, you're going to end up in one of the holes uh, that you dig. Okay, you know what? When you have to explain it, it's not funny. <laughs> I <laughs> beg to disagree. What I really loved about our gardens, like you said, we would plan them out and every year was different. Partly because like once everything freezes and the plants have grown, the the little tiles, like the little tiles that we used would always shift. So we kind of had to dig them up and move them anyways. But what I really liked was that I was smaller then, so plants seemed ginormous. One year we had sunflowers and we had zucchinis and they it just seemed like it was a jungle even though like it wasn't that big it was just i was really small but i that's what i remember and in, in enjoying mm-hmm. because now i i have a sunflower at home and it's it's kinda, teeny <laughs> yeah <laughs> compared to and you pat it on the head how tall is it it's like almost five feet oh okay that's not too bad no and, and it's, it's not even supposed to be like the ginormous one it's a dwarf yeah, it's they, a, call, it's they didn't a, call it that. I think they called it vertically challenged. Is there anything more you'd like to add to our past recollections of gardening? Yeah, I love I my one of some of my fondest memories was spring, probably beginning of May, second week of May, and mom would buy all her flowers. Right, like she would get all the bedding plants, and we would buy all the seeds, and we would buy all the what are they called? The packs of vegetables. What the are they? The, 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 the flats. The flats, yeah. So we would buy all of that, right? And it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, and then just that mad dash to get it all in the ground. And mm-hmm. for some reason, it always was about to rain. Yeah. Yeah. Spring, it was rain a lot. So I just remember it would be a really hot day, and it would just be this mad dash of like scooping out the dirt, putting the plant in, and we had quite a substantial yard. Like we Mm -hmm. had a lot of, you know, beds to to fill, and we had like pots to fill, and then the garden. So I just I just remember the excitement, and even like gardening is is typically very slow, right? We think of like oh, slow down and garden, but to me this smell the roses this action packed like get it in before the rain and like it starts dripping rain and you have to like clean off the tools and you have to clean up all the trash and you're like wow it's usually dark 30 by the time you're done exactly and you're like look at what we did yeah just that mad hustle to make these plants live so that they can get the first rain on them and yeah i don't know to me that's what i associate with gardening is that feeling of contentment and that push to help these things grow and that 
I don't know, that, that rushing before the, the elements. I don't know. Like that reading the land and just all of that is what I think of. I think that's like a little bit of a metaphor for other things in life is that when it's time to act, act. Like you watch for the signs like, okay, the weather's now warming up. We're going to get rain. The plants are here. It's now time to go. Mm-hmm. And there's so many times in life when it's just time to go. Mm-hmm. And you just got to look and see, like, okay, it doesn't matter how long it takes or, or, or anything. Yeah. We're just going to go. Yeah. And you have to be willing to be flexible. And you have to be willing right? to do things imperfectly. Yeah. Sometimes you got to say, this is the time that it goes in, even though it's not a perfect time for it to go in. Or, like, something happens. Like, I don't know what it is. Oftentimes, I had it this year, but we had it growing up, too, is it seems like there's always more plants than you have space for. Yeah. And you, like, you this year, of, yeah. this year we're buying less plants. And for some reason, it... Yeah, it just fills up so quickly. So that's that's something too. Like I know there's different theories, right? Because the the little taggy tag tells you, oh, plant, you know, 15 feet apart from yeah any other plant, and yeah, just... let let it never touch any other green thing, for it shall die. Yeah. So, but then I've also heard this like one square foot gardening or whatever it's called was I don't know box gardening or. Where it's basically like smush everything as much, like as close together as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously we're both amateurs at this, but in your experience, how would you say, like, what is there a middle ground? Do you, like, how strictly do you have to listen to the seed instructions? My favorite answer it depends. <laughs> That's the worst answer. How can that be your favorite answer? How, how profound can you get, right? That's just, it covers I, a multitude I think of there are more profundities to find out than that. Okay, so you want to ask me my experience. So let me tell you my experience. It's more a story. Oh, pray do tell. Okay, so this year, we decided to start growing our garden. Last year, we were a little behind the times because we just bought our house and spring would kind of come and gone, getting married and... Whatever, sob story. Yeah. Smallest, world's smallest violin playing. Yep. Okay. My heart bleeds for you. All right. Now, this year, we made raised gardens beds. Beautiful things. Also bought a couple. Got some dirt. That was a whole endeavor. To endeavor to persevere. We thought about it for a long time. Endeavor to persevere. And when we had thought about it long enough... Who declared war on the Union? And when um, it came time to plant, we had too many plants for the space we had. We have three beds. So what I did is I try. I put what I knew was was definitely going to work well together. Um, I didn't. I had one potato plant, and I knew that potatoes and tomatoes don't grow well together. So I kept those separated. And basically, I smushed all the pot- the tomatoes into one bed. I had a whole whack, have a whole whack of okra. And they're pressed in real tight upon each other. And uh, so the tomatoes and the okra are the ones that I didn't space out according to the rules. And they're going gangbusters. Absolutely the best, the best harvest, like potential harvest I've ever seen. Um... And then I have some squash, and I left that separate. This is did you squash, squash them? 
they're not so squashed. Uh -huh. They're a little bit... A little squished? Te technically, they're a little squashed, but... Squashed or squished? Squashed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not as much as the rest of the garden. And I actually almost wish that I had kept them tighter packed because they seem to do better. Everything seems to do mm -hmm. better tight packed. Everybody needs a friend. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Yeah, well, I have a theory that, like, if you have too much soil showing, it just leads to more evaporation. Yeah, and more weeds. Yeah. So that's that's a whole other thing. But so, like, right so now, your beds are so full they choked out any weeds. Right. So you're basically saying that make sure that it grows well together. Like I know yeah. tomato and basil grow really well together. So yes, you can beneficial for each other. Yes. So you can squish in a bunch of basil in around your tomato plants yeah. and they, they cohabitate very nicely. Yeah. So basically you're just saying like if the plant works well together, just get them all together. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about that. That's been my experience as well. Yeah. And just like get it all tight together. They seem to help each other. And just like I, we can talk about this some more, but soil just matters. No, we can talk about soil or okay. are we going off of our, our outline? I, it's like it was a loose outline. So we're just going to follow the flow. Okay. So we're going to talk about soil. Yeah. Folks. What is soil? So... Soil is dirt. You <laughs> soiled it. And that's what she is. The queen of refuse. So bow down to her if you want, bow to her, bow to the queen of slime, the queen of filth, the queen of putrescence, boo, boo, rubbish, filth, slime, muck, boo, boo, boo. So soil's kind of interesting because in a lot of ways, uh, there's not much to soil, but everything has to grow in topsoil, which is that organic matter which means that there's a lot of, well, hopefully there's a lot of uh, carbon and potassium in the soil. Car wait, you need carbon, potassium, and um, nitrogen, and phosphorus. Well, isn't soil alive in a certain sense? Like, doesn't it, it have is, its own, it's own so microbiome weird. and... It's, all those, all the creep, yeah, like, put it under a microscope yeah, and it's, just and it's alive. alive. Yeah. Even though it's a dead thing, it, it does have life in it. Yeah, it's not, well, it's not just a normal, like, inanimate object. Yeah. So, is there a normal inanimate object? Okay, but it, it, it's not sitting still like you think it is. Right. It's slowly moving yeah, and it's taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I certainly know our, we have this, this hill thing and we keep trying to plant and, and bring the dirt back up. But every time it rains, it, shoop, it all falls off. So yeah, it's moving. That's, that's erosion. That, that's, erosion, that, that, yeah. That's, that's what they call it, but it's really the dirt trying to take over. Mm -hmm. So we just keep putting it back in its place. It's a bloody battle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was wrong about saying that soil had to have carbon. That's a correction. The oh. plant gets carbon from the air. Ah. How about cardboard? You can put cardboard down to control weeds, but that's about all I know. So it's just basically compost. Yes. So what's the difference between dirt and compost, or is compost dirt? Compost has all the organic 
matter in it. And nothing else matters. That needs to be in soil for in order for it to do anything. Otherwise, so that's the more that's, that's the more lively. Water. That's the more lively dirt. Yes, it's the one that likes to go and hang out at parties. Ah, yeah, makes sense. Don't like near pole. So we have very acidic soil here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it definitely changes the flavor of what you grow in it. Like one year we grew it in just our house ye old dirt, right? We just mm -hmm. plunked it in there, and it grew very well. But when we went to harvest, it tasted so bitter. What, which which was this? What in our? Oh, the uh, lettuce. Lettuce, yeah. yeah, just ye old lettuce. I don't know. It might have been like soft romaine or I don't know whatever it was called. But it was green and it was some sort of lettuce. Oh yeah, I I grew lettuce this year and we made a salad and everybody's like, "What kind of lettuce is this? Mm -hmm. What kind of lettuce is this?" And I was like, "Oh, I gotta look at the packet. I go back, look at the packet, and it just goes like." Michigan lettuce mix. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's what in, it is. We're in Michigan. Yep. It's the lettuce mix. Yep. Very, very clear. The lettuce that we produced from just a regular soil was very bitter. Mm -hmm. Like, inedibly bitter. And I love collard greens, kale. Like, I love all the bitter greens. But it was off. Like, it was, I don't know. It tasted terrible. Well, then we grew it in a pot the next year and it had all potting soil in it. And it tasted delicious. So it does make a difference on your, your product, at least when it comes to food. Oh, yeah. So much so. And just how well it grows. But what I've learned is, like, have you noticed how well things grow after rain as opposed to just your garden hose? Yeah. Is that... Even, do you know why? Because there is stuff in the sky falling on it. Besides rain, like nutrients i know thunderstorms are good because it puts something in the soil yes okay so Light lightning it's burning melty it's not really a smoky taste it, it, it's a certain oh it, it's kind of like a you know it's got like this boom sap kind of taste don't you think what, what would you call that flavor lightning -y? yeah it's lightning -y. but the the thunder doesn't really do much <laughs> Okay. It just says, yo, look, there's lightning coming. So I just, It's so cool. I just learned about this. One, rain doesn't happen without dirt. I won't know. Have you ever seen rain? I won't know. Have you ever seen rain? Coming down. Right, so there's little dirt particles. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it makes it heavy, and then it yes, poops it, down. <laughs> with rain, not only does it form around dirt, but with thunderstorms, that lightning tears apart this uh, bond between nitrogen. Nitrogen is a, a homonuclear diatomic, so it always comes in pairs of two. And the, the valence bonds, I think it's called, is very strong and it takes lightning to basically split them apart so that plants can use it. Otherwise, they can't use nitrogen when it's double bonded. It's pretty inert. In fact, nitrogen's an inert gas. Whoa, that's really cool. So then as the rain is falling, it collects this nitrogen that doesn't have its buddy. Mm -hmm. and it falls to the ground and then, then the plant can pick it up. Oh. And the reason that that 
does isn't in your garden hose. You think it's all well, water has it, right? It yeah. Fell from the sky at one point, so it's all good, right? Right. Well, the longer water sits, or basically the longer that nitrogen's gone from the point of being split, it's always been looking for its buddy uh, nitrogen bond. Yeah. Right. So the longer afterwards. You can take rainwater and store it, and it'll have lower and lower nitrogen. That's what I was going to say, yeah. because, like, obviously, if you're in the city and you're using your hose, it's going to have gone through all that city stuff that the city does when the yes. city does it. Yeah. Uh, but what if you collect rainwater, but you have to use it pretty quickly? Well, I mean, within a month. Okay. I wouldn't say, like, you have, like, a 24-hour like, time Like, just period. soak everything. Yeah. Kids, get in the pool. I'm going <laughs> to... Grow! Grow, you plants! So, and then there's uh, two other, like, um, so there's phosphorus, nitrogen, and uh, potassium. Mm -hmm. So, with phosphorus and um, potassium, I don't really know what they do. But oh. I do know that if you have too much of one, it makes your le your plants really leggy, stretched mm -hmm. out. And yeah. then the other one makes it really stunted. Okay. You need to have those two in balance. Yeah. And then nitrogen is just going to make it grow like crazy. Huh. Yeah. That's amazing. So we kind of said that we were going to tie it as gardening as a metaphor for life. So what can we learn about dirt, right? Because, you know, we are formed out of the dust of the earth, right? And, you know, dust, you came from dust, you shall return. And we talk sometimes like we have to, you know, we put down roots in yeah. places and we talk about, you know, you know, good soil and that. So what's kind of your take on that? Well, one thing we haven't talked about yet is gardening's always connected to eating, right? So you're, you're going to eat eventually that. And where did it come from? It came from the dirt, which is basically dead, right? Because we turn into dirt later. Like, we talked about how it's alive, but it's also not... It's not it, conscious. It's, no, definitely not it's conscious. Definitely, no. But it's also not... The, it, it's more decomposing than alive, right? Right, because it's always breaking down. Like, yeah. that's compost. Like, it actually gets crazy hot yeah. if you have a big pile of it because it's breaking it down, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think of in that way, you learn from gardening that you're mortal for one thing and that all the things have to be in balance like how much sunlight you have has to be in proportion to how much rain you have and how much nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium you have in the soil has to be in balance so all those things if you look at life that way you have to one remember you're mortal and you have to try to balance your life while you're here you can't be any one two thing, one thing too much. I mean, the only thing I would add to that too is that also is there's a lot of it that's not in your control. Tons. <laughs> right. Like I, I think for me, that's the thing I'm learning the most this year in gardening is that you do everything right. And some like we had, you know, two packages like we had, I think th we tried three different kinds of seeds. None of them popped up. Mm -hmm. We did everything, you know, that's supposed to be right. We did everything right. There's plants that are supposed to be very, you know, doing really well that are not. Uh, we had marigolds that did amazing last year. We planted them same time as last year, and they got 
chomped to smithereens by uh, bunny rabbit or by bugs. We're not really sure. But now, as we're getting into August, because we, we bought a few extra ones, they're doing amazing. Yeah. So, you know, last year it wasn't like that. They were doing amazing by the end of June. Now it's end of July. And they're only now starting to really actually look like miracles, just yeah. sad little whimpering things that like the heads are falling off because they're chomped. So I, you learn that it's yeah. not in your control, but you have to be a good steward. Like you have to put in the work, but there's also a lot of it yeah. that's not in your control. Yeah, it's not in your control, but still your efforts matter. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where what you learn the most about life in gardening, at least for me, what I've been learning is that you have to put effort in, but it's still not up to you. Yeah, and definitely expect some hardships. Yeah, I mean, thankfully for me, my life doesn't depend on yeah, can you the plants. I know, how that, scary that would be. Imagine you're back in the 16th century or whatever. And Any century. <laughs> the 17th century. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, nowadays it just feels so immediate and automatic, but it's not, right? There's people working around the clock to make sure that we have food. Yeah. Right? And because of the technological age and the fact that we have learned how to, one, make artificial fertilizer, which is, by the way, connected to splitting up those nitrogen um, uh, particles, particle atoms, that's what they're called. Anyways, you can say it again. Atoms, yeah, particle atoms. Okay, and um, particle atoms, <laughs> nitrogen. <laughs> I'm not a chemist. I'm doing my best. You were doing I, so well. I, you got hung up on one thing. It's yeah, okay. I, okay, where was I? You, oh, it's not automatic, right? Yeah, and we have storehouses that hold years worth of of grain. Yeah, but. And the thing is, is with transportation yeah. nowadays, if one country is struggling, there's more opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's cost and it's not fun, but right. It's not like a whole country is going to go down to starvation. It should because, Right. It shouldn't. Yeah. I'm sure it, ha- it could happen. Yeah. I mean, in America, we're really blessed with yeah. like, a very steady state of, of food, which is kind of interesting because we don't live in the tropics where you can grow things year round. And that makes a difference. Like, when we were down in Brazil, things are growing year-round. You're just taking your pick of what mango you're having, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, this is the springtime mango. I love these ones. And just as you're tired of it, it's the summertime mango. (laughs) There's a... Mangoes taste different down there. Underneath the mango tree, me honey. That was good. I'm just going to put the next... I'm going to put that clip in. Okay. Or you could sing it. Okay. And and no, I I think you should do you should sing it and yeah. then put the clip in and then talk about me put you to putting the clip in. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me come watch for the moon. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me make loop soon. Leave it all in. Whoa! Let no all. editing, just raw, uncut, unafraid. Remember that? Ron, I'll cut. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. That was the one about the animals almost killing people. Yeah. (laughs) They can't miss it by that much. (laughs) I can't believe that show was, like, legal. (laughs) I know. It was awesome. 
we were talking about food. I think we we're kind of leaning towards that mm-hmm. because we'll get to what I grow, you know, in a minute. But you're growing more food, mm-hmm. and we have done more food in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that's added pressure? That it's something you can eat? Do you feel, I don't know, guilty when you can't eat it? Or do you feel like, I don't know, like, does it, is it more disappointing when it, the plant doesn't turn out? What are your mm-hmm. feelings? Flowers are really nice, but I don't get as, as excited about them because I don't know. There's not this antip- anticipation of picking it and eating it. Whereas like the tomatoes and the okra and the squash, they all get me really excited. I was like, okay, you know, I got a few more days and I'm going to pick this one and, you know, I'm going to eat it. And it's going to be the best thing ever. You don't really have that with flowers. No, because I think also flowers just bloom. Yeah. Right? They're buds and then all of a sudden they bloom. You don't really see this tomato hanging there and you're like, it's slowly turning red. When will I get to yeah. pick it? Like, oh, I hope. Better not wait too long. Hopefully the bugs don't start living in it. Oh, yeah. am I going to get in there? Oh, oh. You know, and it's okay. just this game. Yeah. So I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, talking about that game, uh, this year we planted a peach tree. Mmm. Did you get any peaches? So there are five peaches on this. No apple. way! I didn't yeah. think it fruited the first year. Is that the right flowered? So, what is what's the proper term? Bore fruit. Bore fruit. Yes. So this is the first year we, we planted it in the spring, and it had already budded out uh, when we got it. So that I think that's partly why most of the buds. It said bud out. <laughs> I think that's why most of the fruit didn't survive, because at one point there's close to forty. Uh, buds that had pollinated, got, gotten pollinated. Whoa! But um, due to the transplant, plant, transplant, <laughs> the transplant, <laughs> shocking. Um, uh, it didn't, it didn't keep all of them, and also it was battling some rust, which peaches are really prone to having to deal with. It's a fun. Wait, infection. wait, rust. About a year ago, I was chopping that tree when suddenly it began to rain. And right in the middle of the chop, I, I rusted solid. And I've been that way ever since. So the leaves turn brown. All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is gray. And the sky is gray. Oh, okay. Because I know you're a you know welder and yeah, you deal a lot out. with metal. Like, yeah. why are you putting rust on your poor just peach tree? Just it off and yep. it over. Yep. No, um, so I wasn't expecting to get much, but we might get, like, one peach this year. <laughs> that would be exciting. I didn't think you would get one this year because you just no, planted next it. Next year should be way better. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about peaches and a lot of uh, fruit trees is it only bears fruit, if I understand this correctly, it only bears fruit on the new growth of that year, which is why... Wait. Yes. No. Isn't that crazy? What? Really? Yeah, so the old woody stems, yeah. it won't grow fruit on that. It'll grow leaves, but it won't grow fruit. Whoa. Yeah, so that's why heavy pruning is in order in late winter. Because you want as much new growth to come out so that there's a lot of fruit on the tree. I never knew that. Yeah. That's... You can fact check me. And... No, it sounds it sounds right because it's mm-hmm. just crazy and nature be crazy. Yeah. 
And that was my understanding, at least about peaches. Okay. Are you getting into canning or pickling or anything like that? Or is it pretty much everything that you can eat before it goes bad? Our garden's not that big. Yeah. And I'd almost rather give it away to people who want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love pickled okra, though. I know. It's I, so I'm, good. I, I'm thinking there's a potential, if August is hot, mm-hmm. that we'll be swimming in okra. It'll explode, yep. Because I, I have a, like I said, I have a three-by-four bed of okra, but inside that little area, I think I have 12 okra plants. Right. So that's a lot. It is a lot, yeah, and it should. And every day, there's a new pod. Aw. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So it's weird with okra. You think the fruit would grow down, but the fruit grows up. Like oh. Scary. Yeah. Kind of like, like a, oh, yeah. like a pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, I, for, I think I knew that. Now that you say it, I knew that, but I didn't remember that I knew it's it. It's just kind of, you don't think of that. No. Like when you see, the, yeah. yeah it pepper, looks like a pepper. It looks like a pepper and that pepper's, the pointy end is down. So what is an okra? Is it a fruit? Technically, it's a or, fruit because it's, okay. it's, it's a, a fleshy pod with seeds inside. That's what a tomato is. <laughs> I know. That's what a peach is. Okay. So I think when you grow your own food, you start to realize how difficult it is to get food to you. Like It's definitely difficult for me to grow enough food to feed myself. Right. But like you just like, I don't know, like you don't look at the the produce in the same light. Mm-hmm. Because you know that somebody actually grew this or like somebody's greenhouse actually grew this. Like this is something that's connected to a person's hard work. Mm-hmm. And it makes you way more tolerant of ugly looking fruit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that people were so persnickety, but I guess they're, they they want a good product, right? right? And they think that that defines, you know, whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. Also, that people aren't as creative in the kitchen that they don't really know what do i do with a mushy tomato and it's like mm-hmm. you can still cook with a mushy tomato yeah you just cook something different right you're not doing yeah. your caprese salad you're making a sauce exactly you know and you can cut out the bad parts and you know keep using yeah, it you got bad potatoes and you turn it into soup yeah exactly i mean obviously there comes a point where it's just game over that goes in the compost yeah but again next year exactly so I've been I've been growing more perennials and more flowers this year. That's all right. He can call me a flower if he wants to. Pretty, pretty flower. Mm-hmm. As kind of a means to simplify, but also because at Ducks Never Waver we do dyed fabrics and it's all dyed with plants. So we're leaning more into that and we're harvesting that so that we can die. So it is a harvesting system, but it does look a little different than food. And also we just wanted to simplify, like in terms of perennials, yes, they're more upfront, but in the long run, if, if it's a hardy one and it, it matches your zone, yeah, then it'll last for many, many years. Yeah. Those are great. And what's interesting is that that's become a whole um, movement. I've seen many movement, niche Ooh, I love a niche movement. I, I believe they call it permaculture. Ooh. So fruit trees are part of that. Okay. Honeybees. Ooh, I like honeybees. Yeah, you actually could do it here. Yeah? If you want. <gasps> Let's do okay. bees. Okay, tell us, y'all, if we should do bees. Mm-hmm. I think we should do bees. That would be quite the challenge. Yeah. 
You, that's another thing where you can do everything right and you can still fail. Yes! But we have a friend. Does he still do bees? Yeah, Does he still have I bees? So. He's a beekeeper. Yeah. He's the gatekeeper. Yeah. I am the key master. I am the key master. I am the gatekeeper. Where is the beekeeper? So we should have him on. Mm -hmm. And he can talk about bees. And then if we make enough honey, we can make mead. Yes! We're so meaty. Been waiting all night for that joke. Let's start a line of ducks never waver drinks. Yes. Bottoms up. Bottoms up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a duck eat? It's ridiculous. Like how they dive down. Man, they really get after it. Yeah. They just like boop. They as really much as I get after my dinner. Yeah. I ate six hot dogs before I came here. Yeah, I believe it. I've eaten six hot dogs. I know, it's not that incredible. No, it's not. But, but I tell people I have six hot dogs on the regular. and they go, <gasps> I mean, not. I don't do it on the regular. But... Oh, okay. I do it on the regular. Okay. Yeah. You're cool. So... You're a cool dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you dog, you. I, re I really could have eaten eight. But I'm sure you could have. The, the wife had to have some. <laughs> You're doing this whole permaculture thing? Yeah, so... Very trendy. Do you know more about permaculture? Like, is it just that you buy uh, perennials and... Yeah. Okay. So that you're not turning over as many many flowers. I guess it's it's basically it's like somebody did a thing and it was like, oh, this was fun. I'm gonna come up with a cool name for it. Mm. And it caught on. Yeah, I'm all so for now, it. No, I'm just I'm working on my permaculture with nut trees and the fruit trees and the birds and the, and the bees till you up your knees in love. Yeah. Love in the country. So, flowers are so pretty. Pretty flower. No, so we're we're doing a lot of flowers that are, are for dying. Though some of the ones that we've decided to grow, we don't know if they actually have that many dye properties. We just kind of went with it. They yeah. had a nice smell. They had a nice color to the flower. So why not go for it? Have you tried that? Um butterfly bush i haven't yet but i have a bunch dried okay so i was saying about harvesting like i said like it's not the, quite the same as food but you have to know which plants take longer to mature so that they're the largest they're going to be right because you right. want to get it just where it's as largest but before it starts dying because then there's not as much pigment in it so like marigolds take a little bit longer and you kind of see in the coils like how you know far along they are yes but Coreopsis, man, you got to be right with it. Those things are dainty. Dainty. They're so dainty. They're up for one day and they're just like dropping petals and dying and withering and looking very sickly the next day. Yes. So if you see one that's, I'll say ripe, but that's not really, in bloom, you want to harvest it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to get any better than that. Exactly. But which is weird because they produce like such a strong pigment. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they're such a dinky flower. But they produce so much. So that's why I'm like trying really hard to be on top of it. Because once it dies, see, this is the thing. If you don't cut it in time and it dies on it, the plant slowly starts to starts to stop. It's t <laughs> I didn't say that very well. It will stop producing blooms. Right. It signals that it's now done. It's time to go yes. to seed. We're over. Game over. And that's why you get the saying gone to seed. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's, but it's just fascinating to me 
how the more that I pick, the more buds that I'll see. Like it's almost like overnight I cut a whole bunch of flowers and then three buds that weren't there are all of a sudden popping up because the plant's like in hyperdrive, like, oh, let's keep going. And it gets bushier and it just seems to help the plant overall, even though I'm taking away something that it worked so hard to produce. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I really like the harvesting because you get to snip it. It's like, yeah. off with your head! That's off with their heads! So what's awesome about harvesting okra is you need a knife. Oh, that is cool! I didn't yeah. know you needed a knife! Oh, man! Need to, that's how I do it. I need to visit your okra. Yeah. Oh, they sound like pretty cool fellas. They are. Oh, man. For sure. So, yeah, you need, you need to cut it and... Yeah, and it... Just like, yeah, like I said, it's just weird, though, how sometimes the more you, you take, the better something grows. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I feel like so so often, like, we're very stingy with our energies and, like, we're, we're almost, yeah. like, hoarding our energy. Like, oh, if I expend energy, it's going to be lost and gone forever. But there is an aspect to that the more that you give, like, the more acts of service and the more energy you put into something you actually increase. Yes. Which is it's a hard mindset. And obviously, there's a balance to it. But, and when when the plant is yeah. done, it's done. Like, when yeah. the growing season's done, there's there's nothing you're going to do about it. But to think about that, the more you, you cut it down and the more you harvest. The more you demand of it, the more you get. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So have, like, you, have you found that in your life? Like, have there been times where... I don't, you, you kind I of think, experienced that? Well, I don't know. I, I think you, I, I call those periods of growth, right? Mm. It's, it's that stress and it's that response to stress, really. Because now, I have a much fuller life now than I did when I was 20. I do more things. I do more important things. And that's just because there's been more demands placed upon me. Yeah. And it wasn't. And say, also, just like there's, the, I, there's been that. What is it now? How old are you? Seven years of growth. Yeah. Right. Well, so you, that's you. you would hope. Yeah. Like, I have a fuller life now. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. Right. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. Don't worry. You're gonna peak soon. I know. <laughs> But I'm gonna get those six pack abs first. Oh, okay, sounds good. Then, then that's peak. Yeah, it's then peak then is over. Then you can go to seed. Yeah, you have those times where you have those periods of growth, right? You you push yourself, and you demand a lot of yourself. But yeah, it's a period of growth, and that's another thing, though. You ha there you have growing seasons, mm -hmm. and you and, you mentioned like in Brazil they don't really have growing, but they do. They do, they they do, do have do. growing seasons where things change, and so you have to remember that you can't stay st like also, you're not going to be stagnant. What what good would it be to like to keep plucking the flowers of your plant, but you never water it? Yeah, like your plant's going to die because you're not giving what it needs. It's the same for your life. If you don't give yourself what you need, you're not going to survive. No, exactly. Right? Or you, like, take off all the leaves of the plant and yeah. expect it to have flowers. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't be stupid. You can't You can't make stupid demands. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't make demands. And you have to wait, right? Because yeah. you have to wait. Like, you cut a bunch. It's not going to be the next day that you're going to be able to just chop off five five more. Right. 
you know, you wait for it to mature and then you chop those off and then you wait. But in that waiting, more will come out of it. Mm -hmm. What makes you excited for future gardening? What are your future gardening endeavors? Ooh, like goals? Goals? Uh, dreams? I think aspirations? I, I would like to start planting more long-term plants, whereas the harvest is more long-term. Permaculture. Permaculture. So it's not permaculture, though. Like, I want to grow matter. And nothing else matters. And matter for dying um, can't be harvested until two years. It has to be two years old, and then it's ready for harvest. So that's kind of what I was... And I think woad is the same way. There's a couple of them where you have to wait a couple years for it to mature so that you can start harvesting it. So I think that's what I would like to, to do, see if I can make that happen. I would like to grow more from seeds because a lot of the really good plants for dying are not available. Like they're just, you know, people don't buy them anymore. So you have to buy them by seeds. I've never had much success in starting though from inside but that's what I, I would like to get into as well. I think that's what I'm going to need to. But I think I need like a special UV light or something. I don't know. Like every time I've done it, even though it was in a sunny spot, I sprayed it, you know, trimmed it. It mm -hmm. just, it never seemed to to live long enough to be planted. To okay. And some of them like tomatoes, they like to have a warming pad underneath them. That sounds cozy. Yeah, I like tomatoes. Tomatoes. Oh, you're snuggly. All they, snuggly. They have the UV wind. light up top and a snuggly blanket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that like, is the life. Yeah. It's like living in the Bahamas. <laughs> so, how about for you? Any. Like, is it just expansion? We're expanding. Oh, it's yeah. Expansion. We're going places. Yeah. So I want to get some more beds going. There is a fruit tree that just barely grows in Michigan. It's one of um, North America's only native fruit tree. So like... Um, what kind of fruit is it? Just wait. So apples <sighs> and pears and peaches and domesticated cherries. Those are all non-native foreign foreign matter right so like we have our own things that like they they've grown here for so long that they're they're not like a negative impact on the ecosystem or, or anything but one of the few free trees that grows in north america naturally is called the pawpaw tree wasn't that from the jungle book yeah no yeah but it, it's a north american fruit that's in the Jungle Book, right? That song. Yeah, I think so. The pawpaw. Yeah, but like... What? It's, it's, no, well, that's okay. the prickly pear, I think. The prickly pear on the pawpaw, beware? Yeah. Something yeah. like that? Something okay, like, we're yeah. going to put that in there. Now, when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear and you prick a raw paw, well, next time, beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. But the paw paw is a fruit that kind of tastes sort of like banana, apparently. 
Why have I never heard of this? Because it's not like farmed. Why not? I, I want a banana weird freakazoid fruit. Who doesn't? Okay, so I'm really excited about this. Okay, it's but it barely grows in here. Are it's you a shade loving tree? Mm. We live in it should survive here with some tender love. Okay. Does it need a little blankie? You might need a little blankie the first year. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of growing it kind of close to the house, in between the houses, so it's going to be sheltered from the winds a little bit, I hope. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I'm really excited about going towards, if I can get those to bear fruit. That's a well. big undertaking. Yes. Now, is that one that there's needs... More. There's What? But yeah. wait, there's more. My get the cap snappler, too. So there's a... My wife loves kiwis. There is actually a cold, hardy kiwi. So we're hoping to have kiwis. They take a while to develop. And so those those hopefully will be going in next year as well. The The problem is, of course, is that you need to, to set a budget and, and do it. Absolutely. So how expensive is a fruit tree on average? Like not pro I'm assuming that the pawpaw is quite exp expensive, but it's right there with all the other really. Yeah. Why aren't there not pawpaws? <laughs> like pawpaw, give me my pawpaw. Gee, I don't know why it's not. There's even a variety that's called like the Pennsylvanian, which would like a Pennsylvanian pawpaw. Yeah. What? And it's more round. Than so the could other you say, pawpaws. I'll give you a penny for a Pennsylvania pawpaw? <laughs> you could say that, probably. <laughs> But would you? <laughs> if you get a Pennsylvania pawpaw, I'll give you a penny for your Pennsylvania pawpaw. Precisely. Precisely one penny for a Pennsylvania pawpaw? Probably precisely a penny for your Pennsylvania pawpaw. Perfect. <laughs> okay, and isn't it with, with fruit trees that you have to get more than one tree? your question. Oh, okay, go, go One ahead. One question at a time. Okay. I can't keep up. So, at this time, for a fairly established fruit tree that's going to give you fruit within one to two years, you're going to be paying close to 80 bucks. You can buy younger trees, of course, but they're not as likely to survive. You have to remember that the younger it is, the more likely it is to die. Death is always with us. Death is just a man playing chess and then dances after you. Yes. So the next question you had for me was what? Don't you have to have multiple trees to make fruit trees live? Very interesting question. Or, or at least have fruit. So some of them yes and some of them no. No. Oh, so that's the cool. peach tree I have, it doesn't need a mate. Yeah. Find a mate, dear boy. Find a mate. It is... Uh, self-pollinating but the kiwi can be self-pollinating but it definitely does better with a male plant that doesn't produce any fruit and one male plant can be with five female plants oh so he has a harem going on exactly okay yeah smooth operator smooth operator i can't remember how about the pawpaw i'm pretty sure that they are again self-pollinating but if you want to increase yields, you should have another one of a different variety. Oh, so that's when you get the Pennsylvania pawpaw and exactly. the regular pawpaw. That's correct. Do both taste like a banana? To varying sweetnesses and degrees, yes. What is it a round fruit? So the Pennsylvania pawpaw is perfectly round. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you precisely one penny for your perfectly round Pennsylvania pawpaw. 
presently. <laughs> the other pawpaws are more elongated. <laughs> so, like more banana shape or more like oval? Oval, like a mango. Oh. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me make bululoop soon. Mango, banana, and tangerine. Sugar, anaki, and cocoa bean. May I introduce you this unique <laughs> form of pruning and growing fruit trees? You may. So inside the walls of an abbey, they would typically... Was it Westminster? No. They would typically grow fruit trees along the stone walls. And what they do is they'd string them out so they'd prune them so that all the branches grew horizontally like you had your back against the wall and mm -hmm. your, your arms were the limbs of the tree. And what's interesting about this is that it helped control the size of the tree. It made it easy for picking the fruit. But the wall insulated it, the big stone wall insulated it in the winter. But in the summer, uh, typically it would also help with reflecting heat back. Right. So that's the interesting thing with stone is that it keeps heat in, but also makes it cooler when it's supposed to. It's yeah. weird how it, that it's works. It's an insulator, right? Yeah. That's how, I guess that's how insulation works. Yeah. Still is baffling. Yeah. And I forget the like, How does it know whether it's a hot drink or a cold drink? <laughs> that's <laughs> what your, I want to know. What does your thermos know? Does it have batteries? <laughs> when it says it's for hot and cold, I want to know how does it know? So those are my great ambitions. More, nice. per, more permaculture, more regular culture, yeah. more artistic culture. I'm excited. What excites me about gardening, and to wrap, wrap up my thoughts on gardening, what excites me about gardening is it is the slow way. We keep talking about how things of lasting importance are going to take a while. This podcast, five months in, are, do we have five million subscribers? No. So why do we even bother? Because we're... We're invested in the slow way. We're invested in growth, not the growth of just like this is your telemarketer telling you that this is the way to, to easy living. Life is about the slow way. It's about fostering things from the very seedling all the way through its life. And with with gardening, you continuously improve. And it's, it's, it's anything but stagnant, right? You have just these visions of this is going to work out this way and guess what it doesn't always go according to plan and then you readjust it's called transplanting you can transplant a plant as many times as you want until you find the spot where it thrives and it fits the garden right so i envision possibly staying at this house for the next 30 years or more and just every year tacking on something new and making it better and I think that that's like the overarching metaphor, if you want to look for one in gardening, is it's just continuous improvement, continuous growth through balance and through patience, but also through that, that harvest hustle, that planting hustle that we talked about. It's all those things wrapped up into one. That was beautiful. So one more thing before we go, any resources that you would recommend to people wanting to get started, wanting to up their game? Is there anything that you use? Honestly, what I use is I use Google and I use the dye books that recommend plants and then I just kind of wing it. So I haven't really spent a lot of time in garden theory. So is there anything that you really enjoy using 
Um, there's a tool that we really like. It's called I forget now what it's called. It's like Isn't it uri uri. It's some. It's a Japanese gardening knife. Yes. So if you just type in Japanese gardening knife, it is so handy. I think it's the hurry hurry. The uri uri. It's something, but it translates to dig dig. Yes. An awesome tool because you can split plants with it. You can easily make a little hole for seedlings. You can open bags of mulch, bags of soil, cut rope with it. It's just so convenient. I'm probably going to butcher how it's uh, said, but a hori hori. Yeah. Uh, so H-O-R-I. Then again, it's so handy, especially for planting, because you can get the right depth yeah. really quickly. It's way faster than a shovel. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend getting that in terms of tools. I think that is massively helpful. Um, and then, of course, your, your wheelbarrow. And then everything else I basically just do with my hands. Oh, I mean, yeah. like we said, scissors for harvesting or, or knife. Yeah. But, yeah, is there any books that you like or YouTubers? So, or Yeah. One place I would get started to get excited is just look up free seed catalog. Maybe like... Or, or free organic seed catalog and you'll get a catalog with tons of different varieties and you'll just be excited by what is out there the world of possibilities yeah and the, those are usually vegetables fruits trees have, and flowers yeah, they have everything. everything and even if you don't go that route yeah but you can say like whoa i didn't know i love zinnias so much and yeah. you go to the plant store and you can buy packs of zinnias Exactly. So it really sparks. Those are really just free education material right there because they give you a blurb about where it grows, what kind of soil it likes, and how much sun it needs, and you're good to go. You know know about as much about that plant as you need to to get started. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that reference is great just for going to your local gardening center. There is a guy I like to watch occasionally. He's an Australian gardener on Facebook. I think he has a YouTube channel as well. Anything else? Just enjoy. Just enjoy life. Yeah, just means part of life. Yeah, just you enjoy kids, it. Yeah, you're gonna be in the mud. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, just get your hands dirty. Get those worm bracelets going. Exactly girl. the new fashion statement in my permaculture. Yes. Yeah. So in permaculture land, we all wear worm bracelets. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.